It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Isaiah 55, 11. This is CourageCast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff, and today I have a special guest, Robert Noland. He's an author of the book The Sword and Shield. We have actually this is this is going to become the first of a three-part conversation that I was not expecting to have with him, but we just gelled. We just connected. And there was so much more that I wanted to talk to him about. I couldn't just stop with one episode. So actually, Robert's going to be our guest for the next three weeks. Now, in this episode, he's going to be talking about his book, The Sword and Shield, which is a 40-day devotional journey for men. Now, If you're a woman and you're listening to this, don't worry. You are going to get so much from this episode. This is not an episode just geared towards men. So hang in there and listen to this episode. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be motivated. And you're going to enjoy listening to Robert and I share and dive into what it means to live on the offense and what it means to live on the defense spiritually. You're going to gain so much from this conversation. And at the end, you'll hear the inspirational scripture, Mark 10, 27, that inspired the tagline for this podcast. We've had him on before. We've got him back now. Here it is, my conversation with author Robert Nolan. Well, I've got Robert Nolan here. Welcome back to the Courage Cast. Hey, man, it's great to be here once yeah. again. We are wearing the same exact shirt. That is weird. That was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> you walked in, and it's not like a common shirt. Like it's just got this gray mm-hmm. tone to it. Um, yours looks a little more washed than mine, but well, but to be honest, <laughs> because you're younger and more buff, you look better in yours than I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take, take it. it. I'll take the younger I'll part. I'll be courage, courageous and tell you that. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I my ego needed to hear that. <laughs> and I'm also holding a brand new devotional book that that I have been reading since since it released. I think I was on the pre pre launch order yeah. for this. Yeah. It's called The Sword and Shield: A Forty Day Devotional Journey for Men. And um, I have really, really loved it as awesome. a way to start my mornings. Good. That's yeah. what it was for. Yeah. I did it. Well, and it's it's you. It it mm. I feel like you are right. You wrote it in the same way that you uh, converse. I try to do that. I yeah. try to just let it be an extension of my, me and like having a conversation with me. Yeah. One-sided, obviously, because you can't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, why do men, like, have you had a, uh, a problem or are you, are you kind of annoyed at some of the men's devotionals and that's why you felt led to write this or what's, what's the reason there's lots of devotionals out there. Yeah, that's great. Great question. Um, I think, uh, try not to sound negative about the market or anything. First of all, um, there are not a lot of men's products out there, period. 
Really? Christian or, or otherwise. Okay. Yeah, yeah just because... Relative we, to women. Relative to women, exactly. Let's like, for instance... Um, uh, and I and I've you know I've been speaking now for ten years and going to churches and men's conferences and all and speak. I have guys come up all the time saying I love what you produce, but there's just not a lot out there. And what is out there can tend to be very template, like safe, like this is how you use it, this is what you do, this is what we found works, and they do it. And then a lot of times too, I think they're based maybe on a celebrity on a mega pastor or a sporting person or whatever, who's not necessarily a writer for men. They've got a great platform and a great message and great men, but, but very often they're not writing strictly for men. And so I think there's a great gap in the market. And I want to go ahead and say that the incredible blessing for me was I, uh, through my agency, uh, WTA group and Brian Mitchell, they found iDisciple publishing, which they had just launched and they were more looking for good content creators than they were celebrity. They kind of have a market through the iDisciple app and such and the giving company who make films. And so it was a perfect fit. And so when I walked into them, to their staff, the president and everybody, the president used to work for GE. So I walk into them and I say, listen, uh, there are not enough men's products out there or solid men's products. And they're all Christian men. They knew that. One of them works with Louis Giglio and, pa- and the Passion Conferences and also works with... Um, uh, a North Point community church as well. He knew that. And so I said, so it's a vicious cycle. Guys say there's not enough out there. And so they're not purchasing it. So the publishers go, men don't buy products and read. So it's a vicious cycle. And I said, would you guys have the guts to allow us to put out some quality men's products? And they go, yes. Mm. And here we go. Here and we so go. I'm about to release my first men's book with them too. Oh, great. So, and we've got plans for other projects. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's where all that came from. So if I didn't have a publishing partner that was willing to venture out there and risk, yeah, um, this that wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't be reading that today. Yeah, uh, you don't. You can't do it alone. There's so much involved in yeah. in writing a book and putting a book together. Your background is you. You've been an author for many books, for many authors, kind of, uh, would you say a ghostwriter or more or less a partner in? Well, the best way to explain it is I haven't done much ghostwriting. Ghostwriting means nobody knows that person exists. Right, right. I'm the, I, I'm, I'm the with guy. You're so the you with go, guy. You, yeah. So you go look at a book and you see uh, so-and-so as the author and you see underneath in smaller letters with, yeah. I'm with, I'm the yeah. with guy. You're the with guy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you should put the, put that in your, yeah. all your branding. Robert I'm Nolan, the, with, the guy. with guy. I'm the with guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not the with yeah. guy, the with. The with. W-T-I-H. Yeah. And I'm good with that. I actually mm-hmm. love helping mm-hmm. guys come in and tell their stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in the last um, two years I've done. I worked with Bart Millard. I've worked with Don Moen. I've worked with Barry Zito, major league baseball player, Rudy Perez, Miami mm-hmm. mainstream music producer. All incredible guys, all incredible messages. And it's just fun to get to help them craft their stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's a different type of writing when you when you put yourself in their shoes. So you've done a good job of being able to relate to people. I would bet mm-hmm. one of your top strengths is relator. Uh, because you you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah, absolutely. I have to learn their voice, yeah. and and that's all. And you know, all of a sudden, a, a, a publisher throws an author and a writer together, and it's like they expect magic immediately. <laughs> right. No. And but so you really have to work hard at it. And what I always tell them, I said, you stay where you are, and I'll find you. Yeah. Don't try to come to me. And then I always tell them constantly, we are not writing my book. You're, you are. We are writing yours. Yeah. So you're going to win every argument. This yeah. is your book. Yeah. Yeah. You don't exactly. like it. It ain't going in there. Right. You know. And you and you really help 
guide or maybe ask questions that help bring some of those yeah. best parts of the story out. Definitely. And, and it's funny how many authors will go, well, this isn't a very good story. And then they'll tell me, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like yeah. that's incredible. That's got to be in the book. And they're like, really? Yeah. Because it's their life. Nobody thinks their lives are really exciting. No, I know. It's, it, they just need confirmation and yeah. affirmation that there's actually a story worth telling. Yeah. yeah. I bet the Don Moen story was interesting. If you did a biography on him. Or it's his auto, memoir. Yeah. It's his memoir. And it, it is really, really good. It's, yeah. it's very, very good. I intersected him with his life and his ministry and music internationally mm-hmm. because of my my background doing international sales for Christian yeah. music. and Yeah. That guy was the the number one guy mm-hmm. in many, many countries that yeah. I visited. Well, during the book, I mean, I, we probably spent three months together, and he'd go, now, I'm not going to be available in the next three days. It's going to be touring South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he still is desired and wanted, and yeah. he's built a long-term yeah. uh, relationship. And, of course, the book is called God Will Make a Way, because that's his huge that's song, song, his signature song. Of course. Yeah. Well, um, interesting side note, just a question, actually. My wife is writing a book right now. Oh, She's cool. finished the book. She's on her third run with an edit, with edit, the editor of good. David C. Cook. Oh, good. Very yeah. good. Um, the I Disciple, is that the same I Disciple that they have over at David C. Cook? No. That you're not affiliated It's a totally different thing. Yeah, Got yeah. it. It's, it's actually based off an app. Yeah. It's one of the largest Christian apps out there. Yeah. Yeah. I Disciple. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I thought. When I yeah. saw it, I, I thought, well, that's interesting. It's the same name but yeah um they might run into some copyright or trademark issues <laughs> at so some far. point yeah. <laughs> but anyway david c cook is her publisher and um man it is so much work and i think it it is just so helpful for first-time authors to have mm-hmm. somebody like you in their corner to yeah. help them write a book yeah yeah it's it's a it's an interesting process it's always a fascinating process too mm-hmm. well back to this here so this devotional book here's here's what i like about it I like that it is always a contrast between mm. two things, two sometimes diametrically opposed exactly. things. For example, boundaries and barriers, yeah. uh, confidence and arrogance, um, wisdom and wealth. And it really starts with the foundation of, and I'm going to get to it, but... Um, uh, that's before you begin. Well, let me while you're while you're looking. Let me say while I shuffle. Um, some of this came from a blog that I wrote for almost ten years. Yeah, and it was interesting when I would go look at my Google stats. My confidence versus arrogance blog that I wrote was the top hit. Interesting, because guys were googling like, "What's the difference between me being confident and me being arrogant?" Or they yeah. were called arrogant and wondered why. I thought I was just being confident. So I realized what a confusion there can often be, particularly with a man who cares about how he appears or a believer in a Christian to say, "What's the difference in those things?" Yeah. And so I decided to really approach this whole thing as a contrast in a worldly thing. That we see that sometimes it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's okay. It's okay to be wealthy, right. you know, like, but then also to turn the other corner and go. But what's the difference in these things? Because yeah. I think I think it's something we need to understand as men. It is, and and it really starts with the foundation of offense versus defense, mm-hmm. uh, the sword and the shield. Yeah. That's why it's called the sword and the shield. Yeah. Ironic. Very <laughs> appropriate. It yeah. all makes total sense. And it's logical as well. But yet yeah. you go deep into, it's very conversational, and you you go deep into this concept of offense versus defense. So talk about 
um, the comparison and contrast because offense and defense, that's not a worldly versus Christian. That is, uh, that is all Christian. Sure. You know, we, we are called sometimes to be on the offense Mm -hmm. and sometimes to be on the defense and interesting the, the analogy of putting on the armor of God, the majority of it is seems defensive, right? There's only one sword, right? So, Talk a little bit about that and sure. the meaning of offense versus defense. Sure, sure. Well, and the the whole language came out of the it really out of spurred out of Ephesians six, where Paul does talk about the armor of God, and then you know the the word of God in Scripture is compared to a sword, and so there's those metaphors throughout that were very real weapons in that day, and I think one of the things I like about using a sword and shield is is our the way our culture is with with guns and all the things that are going on with weapons today is these are safe metaphors to use that people understand as weapons but they're not current weapons right um and so but but everybody gets this and and here's the whole concept is when you think about a warrior from biblical to medieval days that was the primary weaponry that was used so if you had a you put the sword in your dominant hand and you were going to use it to be aggressive to attack. You would have your shield in your lesser hand so that you could cover your your heart, your organs, your guts to protect against somebody coming at you. Mm-hmm. So you advance with your sword and you defend with your shield, you protect yourself. So those are metaphors for me of there are things we have to do in our lives as believers to be offensive in growing and maturing and advancing. There are things we've got to constantly also do at the same time to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy, against temptation, against the things that can hurt us. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant back and forth, sometimes simultaneous as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And then that, that spurs into the language we all understand, particularly as men in offensive defense. I mean, the goal of a good offense is to score points, and the goal of a good defense is to stop points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and we all get that one. And so the sword is going to be about your personal growth. And the shield is going to be about your protection. And even if someone's not a believer, those are important concepts to understand. Even if you're not a believer, whatever your belief system is, you've got to constantly be working on how are you going to grow and mature as a person? Uh-huh. And how are you going to also defend yourself as a person and keep yourself from doing harmful things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think people understand that. Yeah. The thing about um, the Christian faith is we do get a very good framework of not only why that's important, because why that's important, it doesn't, like you said, everyone can understand it, Mm -hmm. whether you are a follower of Christ or not, you understand that you need to be offensive. And then there's times when you need to be on the defensive and the combination of those two is what, but, but the real question is how, how do we, as let's talk about men only, how do we, you and I as men best uh, prepare and act on developing our spiritual growth versus, and at the same time, not versus, but at the same time, grow our moral protection and develop our defensive approach. How do we do that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And uh, what essentially a devotional is based completely upon is, well, let me give this example. So um, you make the decision that you're going to really want to grow as a Christian. You also simultaneously know there's some stuff in your life that you aren't happy with, so God certainly isn't happy with. So uh, you decide, okay, I'm going to spend the beginning of every day praying. 
Like before I launch out into my day, I'm going to spend, let's just say 10 minutes praying. Well, that's a sword. That's an offensive mode. I'm going to stop my life. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to listen to God and I'm going to engage in that relationship with him. That's an offensive thing to do. Meanwhile, you know, there's something going on in your life that's sucking out your energy, your time, and it's just detrimental to you. So, you know, while I have to start prayer, I have to stop this. And so you go to a brother, a pastor, somebody, and you say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. I want to be accountable to you to help me stop this. That's defense. So so, so prayer, for an example, is offense. Accountability would be defense. Both need to occur sometimes. But the cool thing about it is, is the more time you spend in prayer, the more you get to know God in a relationship, the less desire you're going to have for those things that hurt you. Right. The more you protect yourself and start to see victory in those areas, the more you desire to engage in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So it just, it all works together and grows. It does. It does. But will don't you think that we we can get too arrogant Sure. And think that we don't need this shield anymore. And then right. I think the biggest mistake is we put down that shield. Absolutely. And we yeah. start to think we've got this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Too yeah. much pride. Yeah, absolutely. We do. And and I think that is a huge, huge key is realizing when something starts to work, why in the world would we stop it? But that's what we tend to do. So mm-hmm. we that's another reason for accountability is to say, I, I need to continue to do these things. And once we start seeing victory, understand that we're investing and can only see more if we continue in these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we we uh, in the in the Christian industry tend to write 40 day devotionals is because one, somebody looks at a 365 and they go, Oh my gosh, I can't commit to that, especially a guy. Um, or half a year or whatever it might be. But a 40-day is doable. But statistics tell us that if we will engage in something regularly for six weeks, it will form a habit in our lives. Mm -hmm. So my goal would be, a guy gets this, whether it takes him 40 days or it takes him 75 days to get through it. I'm on the the 75-day plan. Yeah, yeah. you skip a couple of days. I'm going to tell you guys, don't stop. Just just stop feeling guilty. Just take back up the next day and move on. But however many days it takes you to do it, there's a good likelihood that time you've spent committed and engaged to that now, get your Bible out. Do the same thing with your Bible that you were doing with this book. And that's actually what I encourage guys to do. Like, for instance, what I've been doing for this whole year is every morning I read a chapter of the Old Testament, I read a chapter of the New Testament. Yeah. And when I stop, when I get done with something, I go right back. And uh, every time you do that, um, and it takes me, what, maybe 10 minutes or so to do that, and then I pray. What an investment that that is. But sometimes devotionals can help guys kind of kickstart into that kind of plan. Yeah. Yeah, so so your recommended next steps once they've mm-hmm. kind of gotten through this is to continue in that journey. Absolutely. Do you give that at the end? I haven't gotten to the end yet. Yeah, I encourage people to to do that definitely. I, yeah. That's always what I what I encourage them to do. Even if even if it's talking to men's small groups and they're going to use one of my resources to begin their small group, what I always say is is get to the point where it's you and your you and God in your Bible and if you're in a group, you're with your buddies. Mm-hmm. That's really where you want to get. Because men will tend to do a book with their friends or whatever. And then when the book's done and they can't decide on the next book to do, what do we do? So they quit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you can't ever get all the, <clears throat> the truth out of the Bible. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. use the Bible. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you ever do um Uh, a concept called two-way journaling. 
Have you heard of that term? Tell, no, tell me, explain that. Um, it's my wife's a big advocate for it as a songwriter, um, for constant inspiration and and new new ideas. She never runs out of ideas. Hmm. She her thing uh, when she sits down, she will if she comes to to her devotional time, her quiet time with a question or with a worry or a thought or whatever it is, she will. Instead of doing the standard kind of sit down and pray and go through the laundry list, mm-hmm. she'll just ask God a question mm. in her journal, mm-hmm. and then she'll wait, mm. and she'll listen, and she'll mm-hmm. say, okay, what does he say? And she'll start jotting down maybe a, a sentence or a phrase mm-hmm. or something that she keeps hearing, Yeah, and yeah. then she'll allow herself a cha- an opportunity to say, well, what does that mean, God? Mm-hmm. And then she'll ask a follow-up question mm-hmm. and to see if... The, mm-hmm. So the con- sometimes the journaling is just a series of questions and answers that mm-hmm. she hears the Lord saying yeah, with, uh, of course, accountability and checking if sure. this is actually scripturally accurate. Sure. Sure. You know, sure. If she keeps hearing, you know, kill someone, then that's probably not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, wrong voice. <laughs> not the right voice. Yeah. But, you know, that's uh, she. she's found so much value yeah. in her songwriting and, mm-hmm. and grow, growth in relationship with God from that experience. I'm just curious, is there a, is there a good formula? You've already kind of suggested some things. Um, I know me, I tend to be um, a little attention deficit disorder. So uh, I find it really hard. I'm impatient um, mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. and waiting. Sure. Uh, I want, I want, give me the quick. Well, that's most men. Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not alone in that. No, not at all. So no, most what, men would resonate with that more than they would anything else. Yeah. Well, um, man, it's great that you brought that up, and I haven't heard of that specific strategy. But what I've been teaching for years, and I, I do mention it in the beginning of the the sword and shield and the instructional part is if, if a guy tells me like, okay, man, I've never really prayed or I haven't prayed in years or whatever, but I'd like to start. Here's what I always say. Like, first of all, don't do the thing where you commit to God that you're going to get up at 5 a.m. and pray for an hour. Like, you're going to lose by Wednesday, right? Don't do that. So, right. It's the so, same with working out. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And then if you pray when you're working out, then you're really in trouble. <laughs> so, but what I tell guys is like, okay, commit to 10 minutes, whether it's 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes at night, whatever. Do 10 minutes. But here's what I, here's the difference in what I teach and what I hear a lot, which goes along with what your wife is doing, is to say, spend six minutes telling God what you want to tell him. Now, let me let me take a tangent off here for a second explain. I think we need to understand that particularly as American believers with our Western culture Christianity that very often veers away from biblical is that what we will do is we really treat God like a cosmic Santa Claus. Listen, I got like a few minutes because there's a line in front of you and I'm going to crawl up in your lap and I'm going to rip off my list of stuff I want you to deliver for me. And then I'm going to take the picture and then I'm going to get off your lap and I need it to be delivered. Okay. And we may like, well, I don't really act like that. Well, check out some of your prayers. Maybe we do, you know, because you're aware. Yeah. Be aware, be busy. But God is not that he's a father. He's not Santa Claus. He's a father. He's the one living in your house. He's not the one that drops by occasionally. And so what you, what we have to realize is he wants a relationship. So much like your wife is doing, what I say is tell him whatever you want to tell him for six minutes, then spend one minute quieting your heart, trying to empty your mind, and then spend three minutes just listening and say, okay, God, you've heard what I have to say. 
Now speak to me. Now what all men say at that point is, wow, that feels weird. That feels so strange. My mind's going to wander when I'm listening. I promise you, if you will do this for a period of time and really allow those minutes, he's going to see you're serious. He will start speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you know him and you have a relationship with him, you're his son. He's got stuff he's probably been wanting to tell you, but mm. maybe you haven't been listening. Yeah. And so that is going to happen. And what I found is my listening time tends to increase more than my talking time mm-hmm. and, and really sharing with him what it is. And, and another thing I've really done lately that's helped me tremendously is I, when I pray now, I speak out loud. Mm-hmm. Because just what you said, if I silently pray, it feels like a thought, and all of a sudden... I'm frustrated because I'm off somewhere in another state when I was trying to pray about X. And so I've learned if I will literally speak out loud, and sometimes I'm in a situation where I really can only whisper, is is something about me talking and hearing myself say it keeps me on track and also makes me feel more like I'm having a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You're not as much of a weirdo when you speak it out loud, even if you're talking to no one. Yeah, and I believe the reason God made earbuds is so you can pray and look like you act like you're on the phone. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I listened to that podcast episode that you did where you shared that. Um, that's a very smart idea. Just pick up your phone or put your, put earbuds, your earbuds in, in. And talk, and with you're people, walking around the neighborhood or you're driving yep, or whatever, yep. just just you know talk to God, and everybody thinks you're on the phone. I saw somebody doing that this morning as I was on my walk, and she was on her walk, and I thought to myself, I wonder if she's praying because I knew she was a believer, <laughs> but uh, but I think she was really. Talking talking to somebody. Yeah, sure. But um, this is really great stuff. Um, you've got, a, uh, in addition to the devotional book, The Sword and Shield, which you can get on Amazon, um, where can people connect with you? How can they... Um, I know you have a podcast. Yeah. Tell tell us every every way that they can stay in well, touch and Well, I just got into the podcasting mm-hmm. uh, thing. And, and I had to... You know, I think what you have to do with a podcast is, you know, say... Oh, everybody's doing a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. You got to figure out what you need to do with the podcast. So for me, I thought all I'm going to do is continue the sword and shield. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing is about 10 minutes of me just sharing the same type of scripture, truth, application, thoughts that I do in the sword and shield book. So my podcast is called the sword and shield devotionals for men. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, there's not a lot of them yet because I've just gotten started. There's only a few episodes, but you can jump on board and be with me on that. Um, I, RobertNolan.com mm-hmm. is the best way to keep up with me. And then uh, my publishing partner now, I Disciple Publishing out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We're, we're gonna, we've are we got some plans to crank out some things. So it's a really exciting partnership for me, one I've been praying and looking for for a long time. And uh, they're excited and on board with me. Mm-hmm. So I have a... Um, I have a new book that's going to be coming out. We're shooting for trying to have it out in time for Christmas, but it's going to be called um, uh, Believe, Become, Be. Mm, mm. And it's um, it's some principles that I've taught for years that I've actually had some other works, but we really p- repackaged it completely differently. And I was able to update everything to get it where it's very current for me and allow God to speak to me about what needs to be said now. But essentially the premise is going to be that um, – one of the things I see when I travel around and speak to men, and I talk to them after after the teaching time, is Christian men get frustrated like, hey, I believe that the Bible says this, but I struggle with converting that into my personal behavior. And so you know there's this standard, and you believe it, and you want it, and you want to do it, but you struggle, you struggle to do that. So the whole concept of believe, become, be is understanding that God's goal for you 
is for you to become what you believe. Mm-hmm. And there's even a scripture in the Message Bible that Peterson translated when Jesus was talking to um, uh, someone that he healed. He, he, the way Peterson translated it was he said, be- become what you believe. Yeah. Like be that now. But And only through God can we do that. And I love Mark 10, 27, because one of the things that Jesus said in that was, um, with man, this is impossible. But with God, this is possible. Yeah. In other words, the only way this is possible so yeah. the only way we're ever going to become what we believe is through the transformation of the power of Christ. Man, that is so good. That is so good. I can't wait for that to come out. Me too. We'll have to have you back in <laughs> All right. for another episode. Well, we're at the end of this episode, but I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sticking around for another episode. I've got a whole different sort of set of discussions that I want to have that I'm going to throw at you that you're not prepared for. Absolutely, man. Uh, but I, you, I think this. you are prepared for. So um, thanks so much, Robert, for uh, joining us for this episode of the Courage Cast. And uh, I know you'll be back here for uh, next week's episode. I can't wait. Uh, you're going to love it. It's a conversation that's very topical that I'm seeing in the world today. And it's uh, some some comments and some posts that several men, influential men have made recently. It seems to be a little bit of a trend and I'd love to hear Robert's thoughts on it. Thanks, Robert, for being with me. Absolutely. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Robert Noland, author of The Sword and Shield. You can find that devotional book anywhere that books are found. It's a really nice, nice leather-bound book. I've already given two copies away. One, actually, that Robert gave me, and I passed that on to my son, Caden, and a little bit earlier as a going-away gift to my my other son, Alex, I gave him one. And uh, it's a great way for us to stay connected. And uh, it's just just a phenomenal, phenomenal devotional book. So get it for your husbands. If you're a female listening, uh, get it for your boyfriends, your husbands. Uh, there is so much good stuff in there. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff. And remember, encouragement builds belief. And belief makes the impossible possible. Because with God... All things are possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.